it is at its heart, actually, there is like a bit of a serious thing of like, right, how do mm -hmm. we, you know, deal with uh, people who have like such different perspectives on how to take care of each other or whether that's something that should be a priority um, and has written this like absolutely bananas sort of like madcap adventure that I think at its heart, like if you kind of pick it apart, there is that um, like, right, like it's the journey of someone learning about how to you know, think more generously about the people around them and the consequences of their own actions. Um, but of course, it's just done in a absurdist bananas, uh, yeah. like highly yeah. entertaining joke a second kind of way. <laughs> the Stages Theatre Festival is an annual performance extravaganza from Eastern Front Theatre that fills Dartmouth's Alderney Landing with plays, music, solo shows, works in progress, and all manners of performance. This week on the show, we've got the Villains Theater in to chat about their participating comedy, Shakespeare's Time Machine. Plus, I'll give you an overview of the event and what I think you should check out. I'm Tara Thorne, and this is The Tideline. Thanks for being here. There's lots to get to this week. So here we go. First of all, go to easternfronttheater.com for the full stages festival schedule. I know you will not retain the dates if I say them. So see for yourself and buy tickets while you're there. There are a bunch of shows happening. Here are some that look good to me. So back in March, Page One Theater's Isaac Millet was on the show to discuss his event Outfest. Page One's drama, There Are No Gays in Chechnya, about survivors of the so-called gay purge in Chechnya in 2017 is part of stages this year. There's also Prude, a one-person show starring Lou Campbell and directed by one of last week's guests, Stevie Hunter. And it is a hilarious and high-energy blend of stand-up and drag, or, as they also put it, a TED Talk gone wrong. To Brad's Sheik, whose professional bio lists him as a mind reader, by the way, stars in Dangerous Lies, which is about growing up as a visible minority in a post-9-11 world. And How Quickly Things Change is a show by Dustin Harvey telling the story of his life from age 17 to 40 through a series of costume changes, or as he puts it, hyperbiography narrated through a mega backstage theater trick. The folks from Tea Time Creation Show are also involved in that one. And they have their own show immediately after stages called A Midsummer Night's Wet Dream, which is a fun and horny interpretation of the Shakespeare comedy happening outside at Good Robot from June 14th to 17th. You might remember their last one of these events, the very popular Romeo and Juliet A Drink Along, so you know you should get those tickets soon. So that's just a slice of stages, which again runs until June 12th. And again, you can get all the details and tickets at easternfronttheater.com. Before the Villains Theater peeps join me, I'm going to spin you a sweet new single from Good Dear Good. This is If I Can. Where did all my family go? Oh, the fire's on to fight the snow. All the lights are on, but no one's home. Just be true with me now. Are you cool with me now? You'll never know it like I do. Just be true 
Theater, Colleen McIsaac and Rebecca Wolf. Hello to you both. Hello, Hi. hello. So tell me about actually, Colleen, I want to flag that you and I, you are connected to a very deep pandemic memory for me because I work in the dance space building where Observatory Mansions was oh. fully <laughs> intricately put up. And you had invited us at AFCOOP yeah. to like a Wednesday afternoon kind of dress rehearsal or it might have even been a full on show yeah I think it was our like first preview I do love these Wednesday 2pm vibes that people do now and we were like Martha can we go and she's like yeah 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 so we're like we're going to a play and then you're like we're not doing it it was literally the week that we shut that the world shut down yeah it was it was basically the start of the the third wave and we had yeah we had been like oh we can only do this show if we know that we might get to opening night and have to close down Mm -hmm. like that's the only way we can do it is if we prepare for that (laughs) and then it did but you did never did opening night right but do it it, do i remember that you you did some sort of online composite thing we we had a video of our dress rehearsals so we used that sort of as the show as we sadly Mm -hmm. dismantled the theater that we had built inside of jan's face (laughs) Oh, how much we've grown in those two years since. Two and a a bit years. One elevator trip at a time. Oh, Oh, my. That small elevator Mm -hmm. that you, do you trust it, you know, going up and Mm -hmm. down and up and down with heavy set pieces? And are there stairs in there? I don't think so. There are stairs at the back. There are some at the back. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. But But we just have a lot of heavy things. Yeah. Yeah, That was such a, that was a very, uh, yeah, complicated set. There's lots of parts. Yes. Yeah. And we were like, oh, we'll just do the biggest set we've ever done. In this place, <laughs> take that COVID. Pandemic. We're not afraid. Yeah. yeah, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do a large, large set with uh, no actual theater infrastructure in a found space. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was great. I wish people saw it in person. <laughs> yeah. Would nice. you consider a remount, or have you moved on? 
We have applied for some funding and we we kind of had said that that was the thing. Like, you know, we were going to apply and see if we can get funding. And then if within like a couple of years we can't, then we might, you know, move on to other things. So Mm -hmm. I think we didn't get the ones that we had put in. So I think there's no immediate plans, but it's also not totally off the books. Most of the stuff is still in my basement. So (laughs) it's still a possibility. And as, as, you know, theater practitioners and actually multiple artistic disciplines, how has the past couple of years been for each of you? What have you been able to accomplish? And I'm not saying if it was nothing, that's fine. I know it's not true. So I feel fine asking. (laughs) I think for me personally, as an artist, I've really gotten to trench in as a producer, which has been really exciting and developmental for the past two years. I've had been very fortunate. I've had lots and lots of work producing theater in a crazy time when people are like, I need some extra help. And I've been able to cut my teeth being that extra help. So it's been really oddly beneficial for me in that way. But my acting has not been happening as much. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. How about you, Colleen? Um, Yeah, it's been... uh, There has... We've been lucky enough to really, I think, have done a fair amount of things within the past couple of years. And then now um, it's certainly been uh, sort of as things are a little more confidently opening up. um, uh, We've got a lot of things kind of in rapid succession um, over like May, well, April, May, June, um, July are all quite busy months for us at Villains. Um, And we did like back when the pandemic started, we did some like virtual things. And then we basically just kind of shut things down Villains wise for a while. And um made life changes like again Dan moved to Antigonish um and I uh, uh quit my job at To Be Theatre Company and went to grad school at NASCAD and mm-hmm. so just kind of more like uh personal things but we still um yeah we did manage to do theater in different ways like we did an outdoor show called Hansel and Gretel which uh was a lot of fun around a bonfire big merit favorite yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nice so great <laughs> I loved every time anyone announced a, that show's nomination they loved saying the full title can you say the full title <laughs> Hansel und Gretel in Der Garden von Edible Horrors A Terrible Parable by Dan Bray <laughs> <laughs> rolls off the tongue it was yeah, yeah it was wonderful he took great delight in that I believe mm-hmm. uh, and making people say that full title every time <laughs> um, and how does it feel going back to normal I just had COVID two weeks ago like life is not actually normal but we're pretending that it is now how do you feel going into it Um, I also had COVID last month and I was like, yeah, we're supposed to get back out there and get COVID. (laughs) Um, but no, it, it feels, it feels bizarre because the world is reopening again. It feels in many, many ways, theater is happening more frequently. People feel confident traveling. Um, I think I have a security bubble for myself right now and near my 90 day period of Hopefully not immune. Yeah, I know. Don't you feel so smug? I kind of. Whenever I take my mask off, I want to be like, I'm immune. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I tell people like, you can't catch it from me. It's fine. (laughs) Um, So it feels like I feel personally safe in this moment. Okay about it. But like, talk to me in July, and I'm Mm. probably gonna be nervous again and not Mm -hmm. want to go out like I was or have been right now. Mm Yeah, it's such a kind of a bizarre time, especially with like in Nova Scotia, the change in uh, government and kind of the way that that has uh, rolled out. And so 
it went from I actually was like fairly confident in what um, uh, what the government was advising and and felt comfortable following that. Um, and now I just really don't know what to think. And, you know, we we just uh, um, Rebecca and I were just working on a show with Kick at the Dark Theatre um, that we were both involved as producers with. And Rebecca was also a movement director. But, you know, the whole week we were it was only a week long run yeah. and we at any moment knew again that like we're we can only do this if we anticipate that it might be shut down that it might be you know the director on stage with a script in hand filling yeah. in for someone with covid mm-hmm. and we felt like it was only after like yesterday afternoon that we could actually kind of breathe again and be like wow we actually made it through the full week of the run and then and then at the same time the same day the rocky uh yeah. rocky horror picture show or the rocky horror show um, at Neptune had to cancel a couple of performances because of COVID. So it really yeah. just does show how we're still sort of in the midst of it. And anyway, it is, it is weird. <laughs> and I was there opening night. It was rammered. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone seemed to have the mask on. That's the thing about theater people, I think, as opposed to yes. like rock show people. Yeah. If I were to compare events from the weekend yeah. <laughs> and videos I saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is the nice thing is that it does feel like, you know, at least going to attend theater and stuff like that it's like oh it's weird to be in a crowded room but everyone is wearing masks and mm-hmm. you know the percentage of vaccinated people here is like so high that it's mm-hmm. that does feel like it's like okay it is different than it was a couple of years ago and we do know more and we do have these protections in place mm-hmm. um but just how do we make sure we're still doing it and also taking care of people i guess yeah <laughs> keeping people safe yeah. it's so important and it's hard when not everyone's on board with that. Yeah. 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 And different ideas of what yeah. is safe. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Um, something I appreciated about Neptune during the run of Till Death Do Us Part is that on Sundays, it is a vaccinated day at the theater. So you can't come see the show if you're not vaccinated, which I thought it was a great measure for people um, who wanted that and didn't want to go into unvaccinated or unmasked. That's so interesting where it's sort of like it's not a hard and fast forever rule. It's just a partial rule. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't alienate people who are scared. That's interesting. At the expense of people who are like, fuck this. (laughs) Who I do not think we should be pandering to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So tell me about your stage's show, Shakespeare's Time Machine. Dan Bray, not here. Dan Bray, not here. Not here. One of the funniest people. On the earth. I was looking forward to chatting with him. We'll get him. I'll get you someday, Dan. Uh, so tell me. Uh, so Dan is the director and the writer and starting a, starting a Shakespeare. Yes. Yeah, um, he's just a modest little flower. Just, yeah. But we pushed him towards it and he's taken his first yeah. steps. He was really, really nervous, you know, writing his like first play, first leading role in a play he's written ever. Uh, Colleen, you're producing and you're, you're co-directing. Yeah. Now, what does that entail? Co-directing. Um, well, Dan asked me to co-direct in March-ish. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. back then. Um, and for Dan and I, we've worked together. I think this is our third time directing on a project. I've done some choreography and movement directing for a couple of villain shows, as well as assistant directing him. Um, so we have a really great shorthand, I feel. I, I hope you feel the same way, Dan. <laughs> um, but we have a really great shorthand, uh, so it felt kind of natural to co-direct for us. And how, what it's turned into, because Dan is in the show, 
uh, I'm taking care of the people on stage mm-hmm. and the acting, uh, like the script work and the blocking. And he had a very clear vision for what he wanted aesthetically for the show through design um, and some particular jokes he wants said in a certain way. Uh, so our joke at the rig- <laughs> beginning of this process was Becca's the director and Dan's the jo- joke director. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but that's how it's dividing for us. Interesting. Which is working well. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been great. And there's like puppets and stuff in the show as well. Mm-hmm. And so Becca with sort of really good sort of physical um, movement directing experience, choreography experience. Um, and uh, yeah, working with puppets, working with mm-hmm. comic timing and arranging people. It's yeah. Yeah. It's I feel like we're working to our strengths. Yeah. Dan and I together, which is great. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So what's it about? Shakespeare's time machine. Machine! That's our theme song. Yeah. Amazing. That's how I say it in my head. Um, so basically, Shakespeare's time machine is this, uh, as Dan puts it, it's a, a COVID comedy, which <laughs> he started writing. So in speaking of what uh, what have we been doing during the pandemic, um, one of the things after Dan moved out to Antigonish and is living in this like, you know, writing heaven where he's just kind of in a rural place and uh, uh, getting a lot of writing done. Um he started writing this show basically to uh, as a way to process, I think, the stress and shittiness of the pandemic and of the past couple of years, but to do it in a way that was just like silly and fun and not in any way making light of like the tragedies that have befallen because of COVID, but um, to take this particular circumstances that we've all been placed in and to see the the humorous side of things, I guess. Um, and uh, so he basically is drawing a parallel between the bubonic plague um, happening in the 1590s in the UK and um, Shakespeare dealing with COVID kind of as like an, like Shakespeare's an anti-masker. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare is like a total dick who doesn't care about other people. In Sounds this right. Play. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's sort of about uh, his journey of learning as he travels through time with a uh, talking cat um, and meets a lot of different sort of uh, historical characters and yeah. uh, influential figures and um, uh, eventually tries to figure out how to, his main goal is to reopen the playhouses that have been closed because of the plague. So he wants to cure the plague so that he can write, uh, he can perform his plays again. Amazing. <laughs> Just a selfless act. Is the cat played by a person? A puppet. Oh. But yes. the person playing that yeah. Till Death Do Us Part just uh, had a very successful puppet situation yeah. as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> that just, I'm just really jamming with puppets this season. Yeah. Animal puppets? Yeah. Me, yeah all... me and animal puppets. Animal puppets. Raccoons, now cats. Let's yeah. see what's next. Yeah. Maybe we'll have an elephant or something. <laughs> <laughs> when you do sort of an, an absurdist comedy like dance tend to be, is there, it, you know. I hadn't it, noticed. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any sort of message, you know, message you're trying to get across with these? Like, they don't, like, they don't have to be commentary on modern day but clearly this is yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think Dana is trying to say about it well I feel like that uh, in some ways that it's it is at its heart actually there is like a bit of a serious thing of like right how do mm-hmm. we you know deal with uh, people who have like such different perspectives on how to take care of each other or whether that's something that should be a priority um and has written this like absolutely bananas sort of like madcap adventure that I think at its heart, like if you kind of pick it apart, there is that um, 
like right like it's the journey of someone learning about how to you know think more generously about the people around them and the consequences of their own actions um but of course it's just done in a absurdist bananas uh yeah. like highly yeah. entertaining joke a second kind of way <laughs> right but i think what was so successful about hansel and gretel which i find paralleled in time machine um was those moments of general big laughs that's the overall atmosphere with those nuggets of social commentary and serious ideas and one of my favorite moments from hansel and gretel um when they describe uh, I'm sorry if I get this wrong. I was not involved in that show. Uh, was when Hansel and Gretel say it was actually an evil stepfather, not an evil stepmother in the show. And we all think it's an evil stepmother, how we know in the tales now. Mm-hmm. And then they say a word in German. And they go, and then that, that means institutionalized misogyny. <laughs> and that's my favorite moment from that show. And I think there's nuggets like that mm-hmm. throughout this show that parallels our lives. Um, through the past two years of the pandemic. Um, And it really feels comprehensive, which is something I like. Like we're still adding things of nuggets of what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. We had a script change the other day for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And updating it and trying to meet today's audience encapsulating two years. Yeah. And actually, Dan was even saying that when he first started writing it, like, you know, he basically had the first half of the play and then time went on and more things developed in the world Mm -hmm. with like where things are at with COVID. And he ended up writing a second act because of sort of how things had evolved. Um, So it definitely is extremely like responsive to what is, um, uh, to what's actively happening. Mm, Definitely. Yeah. It's amazing to think even just talking about like that, uh, the the play being upstairs and like how different life was. We're like, well, this will probably all be done in a couple of weeks. (laughs) much <laughs> more um you know the arts were hit very very hard by the pandemic and i actually thought it would kind of shove a lot of people out are you both surprised to still be in theater at at this juncture i definitely had moments of should i do something else mm-hmm. i had a whole moment of i'm gonna go become a midwife that's not done for me yet. I don't know. We'll oh see God. what happens. That would be amazing. Cool, right? You should do I that. Be a great midwife. Oh, you'd be anyway, such a midwife. Thank you. Thank you. I'm good in a crisis. <laughs> it's basically a baby producer. Yeah, a baby producer. Yeah, exactly. See? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, I we deep winter. Nothing's happening. Omicron. I was like, this is the end for me. Let's get a full time job. But I am proud of myself and thankful to my mother for reminding me actually why I love what I do. Mm-hmm. She was the biggest supporter of. So if you take this job, but you get this offer, will you take it? I was like, oh, yeah, I'd quit the job in a second. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to be in theater. Yeah. Still. <laughs> yeah, just, just that it wasn't happening at that time. Yeah, yeah I was just sad. <laughs> um, but I have seen a lot of people uh, go do something else. Mm-hmm. I kind of give them like a little cheer and say, you got out. Good for you. You're doing something stable that's suiting your needs better. Um, but I also have seen a lot of people make changes to get in theater or mm. change direction in theater or commit more to it because they've had that time to reflect that, no, this is really what I want to do. Yeah, that has been a thing I've noticed in terms of when people have been, uh, you know, people who weren't sort of like the frontline workers and who maybe had time working from home or um, time when they weren't working during the pandemic that kind of, yeah, really thinking about their priorities and uh, reevaluating 
what they want to do. And I mean, I uh, certainly for myself, because I'm so lucky to be sort of working across a variety of of artistic fields, like I never was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, theater is not going to be a thing anymore. So I'm going to go just do visual art or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's all kind of very combined for me. So I never felt like I was going to close it all down or anything. Um, Yeah. You're multifaceted. You got lots of things mm-hmm. on the go. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, One you might say too many. You, you have your you have your own show in stages. Yeah. So tell us about that. Um, yeah. So that's a. Uh, uh, it's called To the Unknown, and I created it um, last summer and kind of tested it out at the Halifax Fringe and at the Anaganite Festival, which is like the Art at Night Festival up in Anaganish. It's like Nocturne. Um, and then I'm going to, yeah, reprise that at stages. I'm going to be popping up at different spots uh, throughout the festival. We're going to basically be announcing on social media um, because it's a little table that I have that's um, almost kind of like a lemonade stand kind of set up <laughs> where people can come and it takes about like two to five minutes and one-on-one, one at a time, I take someone through a series of reflections and dice rolls to choose an address out of stacks of random phone books and then send a postcard to whoever lives at that address. Wow. And then, so cool. and then the person writes something or you write it? The, the person writes something. So yeah. They, yeah, they, they get to send whatever message they want right. um, to the stranger that they are writing to. And then they get a little treat. Um, they get a postcard of their own that they can do whatever they like with. It has, it's uh, pre-stamped. So if anyone's Postage like, I on you. Really want, what wow. a thing. If anyone just really wants a free stamped postcard, just come <laughs> hang around. Hang around Alderney Landing somewhere between uh, June 7th to 12th and then look for yellow and black. And if it's not the amazing folks at CNIB, it'll be me. Um, <laughs> and is it through stages social media that you'll be announcing that? Yeah. Or yeah. villains? Okay, stages. Uh, stages. Well, probably stages and villains and mine, to be honest. So Why not? Um, Just paper. Yeah. Digitally paper the internet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Food truck style. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is maybe a mean question to ask since you're you're both working on things. But what are you looking forward to seeing at stages? <laughs> See, because can you think of it? That's the mean part. It's not like you don't care. It's just like what uh, what else is there? What's going on? I'm really looking forward to seeing Prude that uh, mm. Luke Campbell mm-hmm. is doing, which I have I've not gotten a chance to see any of the development stuff on that. I know there have been some public um, chances for people to see things, and I'm yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I just, to be honest, I like have no idea what to expect, and that's what's uh, very exciting for me. Um, I'm really intrigued by um, the "There Are No Gays in Chechnya" mm-hmm. script mm-hmm. piece, um, and actually some of the performers that I worked with on a show called "A Beginner's." Guide to the Night Sky that went up at Outfest, a new queer festival that was up um, in April. Uh, some of those actors are going to be performing in that. So okay. I'm really looking forward to yeah seeing that come together. And it was kind of nice to see that, uh, you know, kind of the cross-pollination pol- of... Uh, um, just different artists meeting each other and, um, you know, that like, oh, here we were at this one festival and then people met and then they ended up getting cast in these other things. And it's like, it, that feels very like pre-pandemic-y. It's the kind of, mm. those things that I think we've lost the like, oh, running into someone in a hallway or like Your on the street. Friends. And then, yeah, like <laughs> lobby friends or like just those kind of... Um, festival people, vibes. Festival vibes. Yeah. Then you'd like just chat with someone and just because of this like happenstance that you happen to be in the same room, then like you end up working on a project together. Right. That wouldn't have happened mm. otherwise. And I, I love that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see um, Secret Theaters. Oh, yeah. uh, it's called How Quickly Things Change. Thank you, I Colleen. Think. I was like changing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so that's a piece I've been 
heard of many times, never had the opportunity to see, so I'm very excited to see it. Um, the other one is I Am Cheese. Oh, yeah. The show that just keeps the not cheese. happening. The yeah. Cheese? I Am the I Cheese. The Cheese. Thank you. I Am, I am Cheese. I Am but also the show cheese. is I Am, I am the cheese. cheese. I Am Borsan. <laughs> um, uh, I Am the Cheese. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. It looks so good from photos I've seen from mm-hmm. their workshop in- The poster's great. Yeah, the poster's yeah. great. The workshop in January from what I saw on social media looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see, see it. Yeah, me yeah. as well. I'm really- I. Um, I remember at last year's stages seeing the virtual version and actually that was also like a lovely thing speaking of like just seeing people in their work and stuff like I really loved um, Christian Ludwig Hansen's uh, projection designs on that. That was the first time Mm -hmm. I think I saw his projection design work and the way that he did worked it out on Zoom Um, like you know and I'm sure that like Anne-Marie Kerr the director also uh, had a hand in it but like it was just so amazing so I'm really excited to see what that looks like in a full production. Awesome. Well, welcome backstages to real life. Yeah. Best of luck to everyone. Oh, wait, you're not supposed to say that, are you? Uh, go fuck yourself to everyone. Thanks, <laughs> Carol. Nice, dude. That's so nice of you. <laughs> Best of nothing. Uh, but seriously, thanks, just, thanks so much for being here. Colleen, Rebecca, nice to see you. Thank so you. Take care. Thank you. is engineered by Palmer Jamison at the Golden Palm and produced by the Halifax Examiner.